This is the Game Level Learn podcast. Join us as we discuss games, gaming, and gamification in the context of teaching and learning. We discuss games new and old and unpack how those games might be used out of the box as a tool for game-based learning, while also discussing how the mechanics of games can be repurposed for entirely different learning objectives. If you're a teacher or a student, parent, administrator, game designer, game publisher, writer, or just someone interested in cutting-edge education, Game Level Learn is for you. Welcome to episode four of season two of Game Level Learn podcast. I'm co-host Tracy Wozenegger, and I'm joined, as always, by... Your co-host, John Cassie. Tracy. What? Tracy. (laughs) What? Please continue. (laughs) Tonight, we're going to talk about um, Dominion, which is sort of the first deck builder, one of the first deck builders to come on the scene, popularized deck builders amongst board gamers. Um, So, John. Yes. You have a lot of experience with Dominion, right? I do have a lot of experience with Dominion. So I've even won it every now and again. Yay! Fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. Yes. Winning is not something that John and I have a tremendous amount of experience with. Um, But once in a while, it happens and we get excited. Right. Every now and again. (laughs) I think it's important to to mark it when it happens. So John's going to take us through how we play Dominion, and then we'll talk about some of the out-of-the-box game-based applications of the game and some of the gamification applications of the game as well. Right. Now, Tracy, you you, uh, you identified Dominion as as one of the earliest of the deck builders, and and I think that's definitely true. It's either either the very first uh, or it is – among the very first, it's certainly the the deck building game that that created the genre that opened up the genre. Right now, we were talking about how old uh, you know Seven Wonders is a few uh, a few episodes back. Um, Dominion itself is coming up on its tenth anniversary. Wow! Uh, it won the Spiel des Jahres in um, in two thousand nine, so it's quite old um, wow. as these things go. Um, Dominion, a deck building game, is a game in which you start with a very small hand of cards that has some low-value money, copper, and a couple of low-value victory point cards. Okay, And nearly every deck building game after Dominion starts with a similar kind of thing. You've got some low-value power, low-value money... And you've got some sort of either low-value victory points or weaknesses or disadvantages or, uh, or, or whatever, okay? And you're going to use them to build a deck. That deck, over time, is going to get better and better and better at doing whatever it is you've decided you want that deck to do. That's part of the trick of these games is that you and I and two other people could be playing Dominion with the same cards in front of us playing totally different strategies, all trying to get to those high-value victory point cards, but trying to get there in very, very different ways. Okay, Now, Dominion is similar. It's using a similar kind of um, 
kind of back-end mechanic that you might use if you were playing a collectible card game like Magic or World of Warcraft, uh, the, the trading card game, or these other kinds of collectible games. But in those games, you build your deck before you play. In Dominion, the building of the deck is the play. Okay, so there's a big difference there. Uh, both games are, 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 are great in and of, it, in and of their, their own selves. We could certainly talk about Magic uh, you know, at, at length and Magic-type games at length. Right. Um, but in, in Dominion, you're building your deck as you proceed. Okay, and the game ends, all these games end when a certain uh, uh, combination of conditions, a certain number of, of decks you might buy cards from is empty, or a particular victory point is empty, or uh, some other clock or counter runs to zero. Okay. Um, so Dominion is sort of, uh, it's got a, uh, you know, kind of a medieval theme. The, co- the concept here is that you're, you're trying to assemble a, uh, like a barony or a duchy that is the most desirable of all of the duchies in the kingdom. Um, and you do this by gathering cards like, you know, villages and, uh, and you know, uh, uh, chancelleries, and you get sort of maybe you have a, uh, you know, a witch out on a, a fen that you're using to curse other players or whatever. Um, on a given turn, you are going to um, uh, you're going to have cards in your hand. You're going to play them. They're going to generate actions, and they're going to generate the ability to buy other cards and they're going to generate uh, coins. And you use those three things, actions, buys, and um, a- uh, and the coins to-, to do everything that you have to do in the game. Okay. Now, Dominion, uh, because it has both the action and the buy as kind of a separate mechanic, uh, some of the games that have come after it don't really do it that way. They, they'll sort of combine those actions. Um, but you have to be quite mindful of how you are assembling your resources and how you're spending them, how you're playing them onto the onto the table. If you don't do it in the right way, it uh, kind of goes back to our point when we, were, when we were talking about Cult Express a couple weeks ago, that if you don't manage your resources effectively, if you don't plan effectively, you end up not getting some powers or benefits that you might otherwise have gotten because these cards are all looking for other cards that might be in your deck, right? Cards are, are they want to trigger off of other cards, right? So you really, so there's like a, there's like a synergy. Exactly. That you can build between certain card combinations. Exactly. And, and discovering those synergies is what gets people playing games like this hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times because all you need to do is pull a different couple of card decks out of the main box and replace them with the same old ones you've been playing all along. And now all of a sudden, the way you thought the game was going to work is totally is totally changed. Um, and not I mean, not always for the good, but it's totally different. Right. <laughs> um, now. Dominion, like like I was saying, sort of starts this genre, but there there are dozens and dozens of games in this genre now. Um, so, t- 
to listeners who find the idea of building a deck interesting, but who find this sort of medieval theme a little old, a little meh, right? You've got games like Ascension, which build a whole fantasy universe into uh, uh, into gameplay. Nightfall, which is sort of like vampires and zombies. Okay, sort of a you know world Fantastic. a world after dark kind of thing. Um, <laughs> both the DC universe and the Marvel universe have deck building games. The DC deck building game is rather similar to Dominion. The Marvel deck building game is called Legendary, and it it's not like Dominion at all. Um, you've got deck building games that are set in the Star Trek universe, both the original series and the next generation. Uh, and uh, I think my favorite of all of these kinds of games is called Trains. And in Trains, you are building a Japanese subway and rail network. Sounds a little arid, I know, folks, but trust me, <laughs> it's really, really fun. Um, and that's, I mean, that's more or less how these games work. I mean, Tracy, do you have a lot of experience with Dominion or other deck builders? Um, I've deck builders are generally not my favorite. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've played Marvel legendary and DC and dominion. Um, and I'm hoping to play the new Harry Potter. Oh yeah. Um, this weekend, um, which I've heard is, is quite fun. Um, so I don't have, I've played all of those games. I've played dominion multiple times. Um, but it's not my favorite style of game. What, so what, what what doesn't resonate for you? Um, I'm not quite sure. I think um, sometimes, um, and this is not my experience with Dominion. It's I think it's more with um, the DC deck builder. Um, a single player's turn can take quite a long time sometimes. Yep if the synergy gets like so out of control, yes. I mean, you can have people just like playing and drawing cards, playing and drawing cards sort of seemingly endlessly. Um, and that's a lot of downtime for the other players. Definitely true. And some, some games are much worse at this than others. Right. Uh, I've not, I've not experienced that with dominion. Uh, no dominion is, is pretty, is pretty tight. Yeah. Um, John and I played um, my partner, John. I'm not referring to myself in the third person. Um, (laughs) John and I played a – we used to play Ascension a lot and we used to play it digitally. And there was one expansion in that that had a combo that if you got it really working, it might take you 30 minutes – yeah. To to play. Like it was so complicated that we would we would one of us would get it and then we would just keep going. Right. right. And and we would we would sort of be saying to each other as we were playing it, how would you ever manage this in an analog game? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because the computer is managing all of these interactions. Right. It's like, well, okay, well you've got you still have nineteen points of this thing to spend. And 28 points of that to spend. And don't forget to flip that deck because 
uh, totally unimaginable right. how to play right. this thing. Um, well, I, I didn't realize that you were not a huge fan of uh, of deck builders. I mean, I think I think Dominion as the first is sort of, you know, it's the first. Yeah, and it's it's I've never played been in an excessively long Dominion game. You know, like you said, it's tight uh, yeah. for Dominion. I think, um, but some of the other ones just didn't. For whatever reason, they didn't. They didn't the, groove. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're sort of a classic. It's sort of a classic gateway mechanic. Yes. In that, it's very easy to understand what to do, and it's very difficult to understand how best to do it. Right. Right. Especially when there are so many options. Right. And and you sort of alluded to it, Dominion. Um, you get, I think the the little shopping area, I'll call it, you know, the, the cards that you can purchase with your hand, there are 10, eight or 10. ten decks. That's right. 10. Right. But you have, you know, and people have now with all their expansions, you know, 50 plus decks and you can randomly choose 10 and put them out there. There are suggested sets that you can put out there. Um, but it's very customizable. Um, what those 10 decks are for purchase. So every game of Dominion you play is different oh, with different for, powers and actions on the cards and things like that. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, and the replayability is is crazy high. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy high. And if you if you make the decision to have cards from different expansions interacting with each other, it gets even more wackadoodle sometimes. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, from my perspective, you know, in a good way. Yeah. Right? Um, so when you, when you get this, what you're essentially buying is 500 cards. That's, that's what you get in the base, you know, in the base box. So you're getting a lot of content but it's all about it's all about the decks, right? You know, in 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 Cult Express, you get all these great kind of pieces and and uh, you know these beautiful train cars that are three dimensional and all that. But that is also at the end of the day, ultimately about that deck of cards, right? Yeah, and so you know, if if you get even if you buy well, if you don't draw well, it. Yeah. Sucks to be you. Still, yeah. There's still the luck element. Right, right. That that uh, that that, that that doesn't uh, that doesn't go away. Right. Yeah. Um, so 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 tell me, um, what are your ideas for Dominion? So how when, do I how do I use that in a classroom or or when, with kids or? If I want students to understand uh, long term planning. Hmm. If I want students to understand how how complex how complicated it is to build complicated things, one way to do that is to play a game like Dominion. Okay, um, if you want if you want students to say understand how early industrialization, why did it take so long? It doesn't seem like it should be that hard 
to go from a sort of steam engine to uh, to internal combustion? Why did it take 90 years? Because you've got 500 things that happened in between them that all built one on the other, on the other, on the other. And that's right. simply a matter of planning and resource management. Right. It's also, you know, a kind of inspiration and genius and things of that sort. Yeah. But but you, you have to have that deliberate planning and Dominion's going to show you how that works, uh, you know, in a very straightforward kind of way. But you, you can't buy these six gold value cards unless you have figured out some way to get six gold on the table. Right. Right. And... And that's not as easy as it sounds, right? If you just buy cards that are that give you more money, you still have to draw them, which means you have to manage. At the same time, right? Which right. means you have to manage your deck. You have to not only take things in, but get rid of things, right? Right. And so, if you think about the deck as kind of a moving target, okay. Well, what did uh, Tesla and Edison need? to keep the moving target of either DC or AC power moving. Okay, well, you could use Dominion and teach that, okay? Now, flip side, nothing at all to do with the kind of inherent mechanical stuff of the game. You think about its medieval theme, you could use it to understand feudal medieval social schemes. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, you're not going to get a lot of depth. Okay? And it's going to put things into con- into context with each other that don't properly go together. But what an interesting way to explore kind of some basic some basic notions in how this society operated. Um, why would why would this why would a person designing this game include this kind of card with this kind of theme? Yeah. Right. And you might even, after a unit of medieval history, offer the game and instruct students to, you know, write write a blog post that that says why this game's uh, theme doesn't make any sense. Right. Right. Or pick the three cards in Dominion that are the least aligned with the theme. Or put the card into Dominion that needs to be there to make it hold together for you or something. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, I mean, I have a, uh, you know, my, my history degrees are sort of in old stuff. And, you know, look, th- this is a vi- well, you know what I mean. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh. I'm not saying that the game is a uh, is uh, you know the best way to understand the medieval world. It most certainly is not. But on a uh, on a young kids level, a building up interest in the topic right. level, it's a way in. Yeah. Okay. So I think I might use it in that way. Uh, you know, as well. But ultimately, mechanically, it's about the 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 planning. 
you know, right. and, why am and, I buying this now? Right. And recognizing the patterns of synergy and the feedback loops that are in there and, and how to utilize those to, to best advantage. Exactly. Yeah. Um, this is a good thing to know how to do. Right. Right. Because if you think about the way that, you know, kind of modern corporations work, if you're thinking about your team members, who do you have to work with? Well, you know, if you know you work in our industry, we're working education, you know, we work in relatively small schools. If you've got a faculty of say fifty or seventy-five people, if you have not done good resource management and planning, you're going to put together, uh, you know, decks, if you will, of right. faculty that maybe don't work as well together as, you know, I shouldn't have bought that one. I should have bought this other one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know that, and and you know sometimes that can be a very painful lesson to learn when your job is to put teams together and sustain. You know, just and, and you've had these experiences. You know, I mean, I you know I have both with uh, you know building faculty teams and in building student teams. Right. Right. And I think we all have. We all yeah. have. Right. And certainly, if you're working in uh, you know in a for-profit corporation, you get your teams wrong, you miss a contract. You know, you're you're gonna you're gonna lose the game, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, you have any thoughts on the, on using it out of the box, Trace? Um, not so much out of the box. I like some of the pattern recognition pieces to it, and the you know looking for ways to sort of manipulate the positive feedbacks and things like that. I right. think that's interesting. Right. Um, to have you know to have that skill, right? As you said, it's a valuable skill to be able to recognize those patterns and and use them to your advantage. Yep. Um, so I think that would be really interesting um, for kids to practice. Exactly. Right uh, out of the box. What yeah. about what about the deck building mechanic as a as a kind of gamified mechanic? Um, I think um, I think the idea of building your deck. Yep. Um, and filling it with the cards that you think are most valuable um, um, would be a nice way to to build your deck of skills in a class um, or in a unit, for example. Yeah. Um, I think that could be a nice way for students um, to sort of self-identify the skills that they find to be valuable um, for the kind of work that they're doing. Um, and what they think is going to help them most. Right. So I think that's sort of like a formative assessment, right? Like, what skills do I think I need in my deck to do this? And that, you know, do, is what they're selecting the same as I would select? Or, right. Um, right. you know, are they thinking in the same ways that I'm thinking? Um, right. It's a really metacognitive way of thinking about learning, right? Yeah. What do I need to learn this most effectively? Right. Right. I need to buy, you know, if Ms. Wozenegger is a card, right? Right. I, I need to buy her direct instruction. I need to buy her direct approach, right? You right. Know, or I need to buy lab time or or partner t- partner work. 
a different teacher in the school who, you know, or, you know, I need to buy, I need to buy your permission to, uh, to go to the library and do this other kind of work or whatever. Right. Right. Um, and those, all of those things that you think someone might need are in the, the tableau, if you will, of what you can buy from. Right. Right. But wouldn't it be interesting if they never bought certain things? Right. Imagine if they right? never bought you or me. Right. right. I mean, I I'm the teacher, but I don't. I, I don't need you. I hope that's not the case. Um, right. You know, I I would be really curious, sort of as an experiment, to see how often they bought access to their textbooks. Right. You know, I am sort of on this trajectory of trying to to be without a textbook. Right. And. In my classes, because um, I don't have a lot of evidence that they're using them very often. Right, right. Um, Even you know, when assigned. I mean, I think they're using it for their homework. Right. Um, I'm not. I'm not convinced they're, you know, reading science textbooks um, to supplement what we're doing in class. So I'd be curious if they ever bought using the textbook from their from their options or right. Right. If they're buying, you know, YouTube videos, right, about the subject instead, right. You know, I, I, yeah. I wonder, <laughs> I, I wonder if you asked students again now back to the metacognitive, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe this is something you might do with, say, like a junior in high school. Okay, they've had a couple of years of high school. They're thinking about what kind of learners they are. You're trying to ramp them up into an adult way of thinking about learning, right? Right. Imagine you give them maybe maybe 40 or 50 things that you might compose that 10-card block that you buy from. Right. And ask each student at the beginning of the year, Show me what 10 cards you would put in your – that you'd want to buy from. Right. Right. Just to see – just to see what they would do. Yeah. How are you thinking about learning? Because instead of it saying, you know, Dr. Cassie or Ms. Wozenegger would say, you know, teacher lecturing. Right. That means a lot to me, right? Uh Multiple opportunities to redraft my writing or whatever, right? Right. Um, I think that would be really interesting to see what students would come up with. Super interesting. Yeah. Huh. What about you? What are some of the... Well, I'm I'm such a huge fan of of the deck building uh, uh, kind of uh, mechanic just conceptually, right? That I think about... Uh, systems that you might build, political systems. Uh, okay. You know what? What would what would it look like to run uh, to uh, to 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 do a political campaign? Yeah. Right. That you're drafting the resources you need to manage a political campaign. Right. Right. Uh, what does it look like? It's uh, the the uh, you know the kind of social dynamics. You know, I mean, you've played this game that I'm working on, Red Menace, that has a uh, you know, right. kind of a deck building kind of thing where in this case, rather than playing cards to your own, you're playing negative cards to other people's tableaus, right? right? You're trying to kind right. of get people to accuse them or dislike them or whatever. 
Um, when you think about the building of complex things, why isn't there an Apollo program deck building game? Right. A space race deck building game. Yeah. Right. I mean, that seems to me like a no brainer. Right. Um, and and other kinds of systems like that. I don't know. You know, I I would want. I would have wanted Dominion to either go kind of all in on its theme or be even more abstract. OK. OK. Like, no, no, you're, you're not really doing medieval Europe, but you could. Yeah. But you chose not to. OK. Commit or don't. Right. Right. It's one of the things that a game like DC or Star Trek, they commit to their 100 percent theme. Right. Yeah. You know, in in DC, you can buy um, you can buy the 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 the, uh, uh, you know, the the Hall of Justice, you know, places like that. Right. Right. Dominion could have that sort of thing. And if it did, it would be more interesting to me. Yeah. So maybe you take the Dominion engine, you move it to, say, ancient Rome or, uh, you know, or the height of the Mongol Empire, right? And see if you can reskin it in a way that would help you really to understand, you know. The content, the history of. Right, right. Yeah. I think that would be dynamite. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where my, where my head goes when I think about deck building games, right? Think about things that are complex, a constitution, uh, managing water pollution in Ohio in the 1960s, right? Uh, a war for independence. Yep. Uh, the discovery of um, pasteurization, right? How vaccines work. Right. All of those kinds of things might be usable from a deck building perspective because there are different ways you might go about it and there are foundational things you have to have that then lead to other things which lead to other things which lead to other things, right? Right. And although it's not strictly speaking, it's not a deck builder, this game, the new science that you and I talked about in the first season, has this kind of ramping... Right, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, concept within it. Um, So really any kind of learning objective that has that ramp you should think about the deck builder right as a mechanic for that at least at least i i think so yeah so i think folks you should get out there certainly you should give dominion a try if you've got a superhero jones both dc deck building and uh legendary have their have their fans i'm definitely on the dc side um, I'm a Marvel girl. Yep, and that's just how these things roll sometimes. <laughs> um, I think Legendary has some other theme ones too. I think. Yeah, it does. Yeah, they have some other titles yeah. under that little le- the Legendary banner. Right, and the yeah. main Legendary, which is set in the Marvel comic book universe, I don't care for, but the Legendary that's set in the Alien universe. I heard that, it's whew, impossible. That game is hard. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, it's but it's really good. Yeah, yeah. it's you know it's 
I feel like in legendary that uh, standard legendary, like I'm I'm losing from the moment I deal the cards, and not in a sort of interesting way. Whereas in in alien, because you're working collaboratively, you sort of feel like you're like you're like you're back on your heels a little bit, but you're not losing. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And you're all in it together. Yeah, and that. I don't know that, that 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 that's enough of a difference for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, folks, I think you should get out there and try these games, and let Play us know what you games. think. Play more games. Games, games, games. Play more games. <laughs> um, so, uh, you can find us on Facebook at Game Level Learn at www.gamelevellearn.com. Uh, I am John Cassie, John Cassie at Gmail uh, or johncassie.com. And Tracy, how can people find you? Uh, TL Wozenegger at gmail.com. That will be in the podcast notes, so you can spell it. And Tracy Wozenegger on Facebook. And uh, folks, we'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, to talk about, uh, we're not sure yet. Could be Small World, decided. perhaps. We haven't <gasps> decided. We've got three or four different things. Area that we're, of control. Area hmm. control. Hmm. How can you go wrong <laughs> with area control? You can't. Thanks for listening, folks, and we'll be back in touch in a few weeks. Junior mints are what now? Frosty and delicious. Much like you. (laughs) Frosty for sure. Frosty (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Icy sometimes, I might even say. I'm just make sure I'm, all my burps are out. Yeah, I think it's important to uh, <laughs> yeah. to be um, burp free. Yes. <laughs>